0: Welcome to another edition of the Litigation Psychology Podcast, brought to you by Courtroom Sciences. This is Dr. Bill Kanaski. This, this is one of the most exciting podcasts. I've been waiting for this for a while. We have a panel, and we're going to talk what I think um, is maybe the hottest topic right now, not just in civil litigation, but maybe just law as a as a whole, and that's the topic of artificial intelligence. Uh, the topic of AI is all over uh, the place in multiple industries, uh, but particularly the legal industry. If uh, all of you, all of our listeners that have LinkedIn uh, accounts and you've been watching the posts, uh, you're going to see something about AI multiple times a day. And um, it's I, I've I've talked to a lot of attorneys about this, and if I've talked to hundred attorneys, I've gotten a hundred different opinions. So today's podcast is going to talk about uh, AI. It's uh, probable or likely effects on, uh, particularly litigation, uh, particularly in the defense bar. I got three defense attorneys with me, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna introduce this like, like you guys are on the basketball team, um, an all-star team right here. And I'm gonna start. you uh, representing the University of Miami out of South Florida, uh, Mr. Gene Cassain from Cole Scott Cassain. Gene, how are you? He's showing to you Doing great you showing the you thank you uh, for coming on a little ACC and let's stick with the ACC representing uh North Carolina State uh University uh guard uh John Nunally from the uh, uh Ragsdale Liga firm. John always a pleasure to have you on and now he's going to make his I don't know what what is, is that the the, the, the wolf back yep. I don't know I have a, I have other names from that being a Tar Heel, but we'll just, we'll just leave it at that. What's yours? That. Ra- Is that yours? Yeah. Ra- <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to do the upside down you. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and finally, to round out this uh, all-star panel, uh, out of the SCC, we do have a member at the FCC uh, representing Auburn University, Mr. Billy Davis, transportation lawyer from Bovis Kyle out of Atlanta. How's it going, Billy?
1: Great. Thanks for having me, Bill. And War Eagle. Here, so here we
0: go. It's all it's already on. So, like I mentioned in the intro, I have talked to a lot of people about this, a lot of attorneys, a lot of firms, and quite frankly, it's pretty much split down the middle. I I've talked a lot. Uh, I I did a CLE uh, last week uh, in Omaha to a really prominent defense firm out there, and their whole attitude was, eh, this is all this is a big overreaction, big overreaction. I talked to some other law firms and they're like, oh my God you know we're gonna have to <laughs> lay people off eventually and fire all our paralegals because AI is gonna take over the world um john what uh up up in Raleigh uh has your firm kind of had a team meeting about this and kind of a okay where are we at where are we going what's our what like what's what's our plan here and and what have the attitudes been internally with you guys
2: No, we haven't had a team meeting about that. That's funny. If you knew our firm and how we operated, that'd be funny. But no, we have certainly had a lot of discussions about it. I mean, that is, um, you're right. It is the hot topic. How is this going to impact us? And we've utilized it some. I've used it on a few cases to try to see how it could be incorporated. I'm very much of the middle ground on this. I think it will be incorporated into the practice law. I don't think it's going to put tons of lawyers out of work. I do think it's just another tool that we'll incorporate and use. Will it shift some of the roles people have? Yes. Uh, I know when I put this on my calendar, my secretary said that when we started um, speaking to text dictation, she thought she would be out of a job in a year. And Fair. not at all. I mean, there's been so many amazing technologies that have come forward in the 30 plus years I've been practicing law that I would have thought might. Put people out of work, or change it, or put me out as a defense attorney. We incorporate them, it kind of adapt and move on. So at this point, I'm more of a let's not overreact. Let's see how it can u- um We can utilize this yeah. technology to help us, but it, it's still, I think, one that we're we're groping with and exploring, and how it'll be um, adapted into the practice of law.
0: Yeah, f- fair, fair enough. Uh, Gene, uh, Gene, you you have you have twelve offices yeah uh, and and um, I'm sure this topic has has come up and it, it's a unique topic that everybody knows what AI is, but like, do you really know what it is? Like it's kind of like this nebulous thing and and have have your firm talked about it and about the po- either potential role or how it's going to um affect your practice?
3: yeah, you know bill we 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 sure have, and you know, I sort of echo uh, John's comments. Uh, Bill, I, I don't see AI taking good lawyers like like Bill and John and others and putting us out of work. I really see it as something that's going to enhance the quality of what we do and give us an efficiency right with which to do it better. So we've spoken about it quite a lot, Bill, uh, where we are applying it um, predominantly twofold. One in our accounting department. So we have a big law firm, right? 600 plus lawyers, you have a big accounting department. And AI has so far, and it's only gonna get better, has helped us uh, in so many different ways. It helps us with uh, time review to ensure that we're billing consistently with client guidelines. When time is cut by the third party vendors, uh, we have an AI program that uh, advises why it's been cut. And not only that, Bill, but the AI program suggests, here's how you should describe your time. So we, we yeah, we are using that. And then we're also using it, you know, not a CSK infomercial, but post-COVID. We've now tried about 420 cases. So we're a trial firm, right? Yeah. So here's where we're using it. And I hope the listeners will, will do it because it's very beneficial. You have an expert, Dr. Jones. Dr. Jones testifies to whatever he or she testifies to use the AI to review. Or other depositions or 44 other depositions of Dr. Jones to find things like inconsistent positions, contrary testimony or word search. Um, So, yeah, we are utilizing it. I think we're at the tip of the iceberg. Uh, but I do really echo John's comments. Lawyers are here to stay, in my very strong view. All
0: right, Billy. Same question to you. What's 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 the word um, around your law firm? And and have you? It sounds like Gene's actually jumped on this, particularly in the accounting department. Have you guys, hey, talked about it and maybe even played with it a little bit yet?
1: Yeah, we haven't had a firm-wide discussion about it, um, but but there are several lawyers at our firm who are, who are you know, sort of actively using and experimenting with. Chat GPT in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I the feeling I have, and, and I, I I'm gonna echo what John and Gene said, is I don't know that AI is gonna replace lawyers, um, but I do wonder if lawyers who use AI are going to replace lawyers who don't. Um, Ooh, that's a good one. It, you know, and 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 look, I mean, you can liken it to all the other big technological advances that we've all seen over the last you know, 20 years, right? I mean, um, uh, you know, the advent of computers getting better, right? I mean, I I I think all of us who've worked at larger law firms have seen uh, uh how you know the tendency of lawyers sometimes to really hang on to old technology, right? And 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 hesitant to upgrade. And so, um, you know, I mean, look, that world is moving forward. And I think the lawyers who jump on the bandwagon are gonna find themselves pretty secure that you know, the other issue that I find interesting is um is the efficiency issue, right? Because at least yeah. on the defense side of the equation most of us are billing by the hour um yeah. and and if ai lives up to some of its promises that's going to mean you know an incredible amount of efficiency in certain areas of the practice of law and so that, that that's going to put some pressure on the billable hour i think because yeah you know, now you're, now you're not necessarily getting the real value of your time. And so I don't, I don't, you know, I think we're all going to struggle with what the answer to that question is. Is, Does it mean the rate goes up a lot to, you know, to to compensate the lawyers for the loss of the, the time or, you know, I mean, we're gonna have to figure out how to share the efficiency, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, in any industry, when there's a, uh, a development that allows, you know, all the parties and sort of the chain to uh, to capitalize in some efficiencies. I think there's like a war over who's going to own that efficiency, and and we've got to figure out how we're going to capture at least a little bit of it for ourselves.
0: Yeah, I, I have a whole topic set up for that in a couple of minutes, so we're gonna we're gonna take a deep dive into that one, Billy. For, uh, thanks for, for for bringing it up. So um, a, about a week ago, uh, John sent me a a, a message on LinkedIn uh, with an article which I wanted to discuss today. So, I think it's really important. And I think this is kind of where it's going to start going. And I think it's going to be different from venue to venue. So, John sent me uh, the article, which it looks like it came out through uh, a DRI link, where uh, so there was this uh, recent case in which uh, an attorney, uh, I believe, uh, filed some uh, documents with the court that's used ChatGPT, GPT, and the cases that were cited were non existent. And that did not go over so well. Kind of a bad first step. And this uh, article, John, uh, that you sent me, said that a federal judge in Texas essentially re- says required all attorneys uh, before his court to certify that if they used AI to prepare filings, uh, whether they're not, and if so, uh, to confirm any of the language prepared uh, by the tool and was reviewed uh, by a human for accuracy. How, John, how do, how do you talk a little bit about that article And how the actual judges in each unique venue may actually make their own rules when it comes to AI. That's certainly a possibility, right?
2: Yeah, I think that's definitely coming. I, I wouldn't be shocked if you see more certifications like that. Like we have some courts that require certifications as to word count that you can do or letter count. And I wouldn't be surprised if individual judges do something like that. But I will also say that article was enlightening, one. It's amazing that it just can make up cases that would really help my practice a lot if I can make up a case yeah. to say what I want to say. <laughs> I've got ten cases that show my
0: and my point
2: here. <laughs> secondly, I think there's an overreaction. I mean, I've talked to some other attorneys being like, "Oh, see, it's not going to be that big a deal," and "Oh, it's no." I just think it's it's evolving so quickly you can't dismiss it as a future tool. Did it mess up in this case? Yes, and but that's where I I use it a little differently. I have used it some. Uh, Other gene pointing out a fascinating use about depositions. I hadn't thought about that or the billing part. I've used it for like outlines or motions or potential demand letters or complaints, just drafts. And what they give me, it's, I'm very good at editing something, but I'm very hard to start the first few words of anything. Well, it'll give me something and I can look at it and go, well, that's crap, but it gives me an idea of where to take it. And I can start applying what I consider my expertise to it, but it's, I don't have to invent the wheel. It gives me a starting point. Even if it's totally wrong, it's it's interesting and it gets me going. And so I could see that more so, especially for younger associates who are struggling to look. You know, you, We have foreign banks and all where they look at other examples to get started with. I could see it getting going or outlines of depositions. Uh, um, lots of ways it can be incorporated. Uh, Billy's absolutely right. The efficiency is going to be the big argument when you have something like, say, summarizing a deposition yeah. when it gets good at it. Yeah, that's what my paralegals do a lot of. And I, I get the Medcrons from that. I could see them wanting to cut back paying for that. And I will tell you, with the 30 plus years I've been doing this, that has been, I have heard how the billable hour is going away and it'll be gone as insurance defense. I've given up. That is not, it'll, the efficiencies will get argued about and how and where and how, but I mean, there's just no better way on litigation to track your time than that. And so I, I totally agree with Billy's point about the hours. And I agree with Gene's. There are a lot of uses, many of which I hadn't even thought of. But I mean, it's it's an interesting technology. But I get back to the it's not going away, but it's not going to drive everybody out of business either. I think there is the middle ground somewhere that we'll grope around for a couple of years and we'll find eventually.
0: Yeah, Gene Cassain. What are your thoughts on this this billable hour thing? Because when you start doing the math, right? You know, if something that took one of your attorneys, typically took that attorney, say, uh, 10, 10 hours, um, and now it takes um, 45 minutes, um, what
3: <laughs>
0: how, how do you settle that math with the client, number one? And then number two, have any of your clients talked about um, yeah, an expectation here for 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 you to, to use this to, to be more efficient yet?
3: So let me um, address number two, Bill. No, I've not had any dialogue and I'm not aware of our firm having a dialogue with a client about the billable hour efficiency and an alternative model because of AI. Okay? Having said that, a couple of things come to my mind. Lawyers like John, Billy, and other quality trial lawyers they're not going to be at a shortage of work ever in their careers. I I sincerely believe that. Uh, In fact, post-COVID, I think most good trial lawyers will tell you they have perhaps enough or even too much work. So uh, the question becomes, use the example, um, uh, Bill, if you do a project that used to take 10 hours and now you can do it in whatever it is, 45 minutes, why is the billable hour going away? Now you're billing a point sixty or a point seventy as opposed to 10 hours. There's going to be plenty of other work to, to occupy that other nine hour space. So I think the billable hour is here. Now, something that we've done and other firms have done successfully is think about efficiency and alternative billing. So for instance, Bill, what about Uh, that case that you uh, assigned me, whatever we want to call it, a transportation, a med mal, or or whatever. And I traditionally have billed hourly. What about allowing me to handle it for a flat fee? doesn't matter what the flat fee is for purposes of this dialogue right now. Say the flat fee is $50,000. And with the assistance of A.I., Preparing, you know, as John mentioned, at least an initial draft or alternatively, the entire product that you'll edit. It may be a win win, a win for your client who is moving away from the billable hour to a flat fee and a win for the lawyers who can really achieve efficiency.
0: That that's an excellent point. Uh, Billy Davis, uh, I have talked to hundreds of attorneys in the last 20 years. Uh, because most most of what I do, ninety percent of what I do, is has always been flat fee, uh, where I know as with, with attorneys, it's it's it's, it's usually uh, a- hourly. And I've 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 met some attorneys that have tried flat fees, and it hasn't really worked out. Does, does does the flat fee system? Are you just trading sets of problems? And have you have you guys talked about that and 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 kind of wrapped that into is is that maybe the only way to go if if AI does take off because it's just. It's gonna be hard to I know Gene says there's a lot of work, but but maybe that's
1: not true for all firms. What do you think? Now, I think I've experimented with with a little bit of flat fee work in the past. um and you know, and the John's point, right the the industry's gone through uh you know, yeah. times where there's just all this buzz. it's it's all going to be alternative fee. in fact, my LinkedIn uh, uh URL for my my profile page is actually like it's LinkedIn slash alternative fee attorney. I thought it was really clever, you know, like <laughs> years ago when I was squatting on that title and, and then yeah. nothing came of it, right? And so um, you know, I I I I think it's I think the conversations are gonna be really interesting, right? Because, you know, as as Gene just talked about, well, hey, look, we're all busy, we got tons of work. So it used to take you 10 hours, now it takes you half an hour, you can you just you'll fill in that gap with all the work that you have. But, but I think you know if, if we take a closer look at, at at how AI really works, right? I mean, I think it's easy to imagine that the AI is um, is is generating quality work product no matter who's operating the AI, right? And and actually, uh, you know, you, it's garbage in, garbage out, right? So so being skilled yeah. um, at prompting the AI for the right information and then being skilled at evaluating the information um, has, has value to it. Right. So, so simply, I think if someone were to make the argument, well, AI exists. And so now you need to get more efficient end of story. Um, I I think that ignores a lot of the nuances of, of actually using the technology. Right. And so that's, that's where I would argue that we're going to have to come up with something that recognizes the fact that it's, it's not simply AI end of story. It's like AI and good lawyers equals better efficiency. And we got to price that appropriately
0: yeah it's a it's a very interesting discussion that is is gonna uh, come up
2: um over. let and me over. interject on that as yeah, a prime example because remember Westlaw Lexus coming out yeah I used to spend a ton of my time as an associate attorney shepherdizing I was really good at it the big books the monthly updates the weekly updates you know all that I thought oh my god what are what are any associates for interns or summer clerks or paralegals and, and now I can push a button and tell the entire history on that like that. I still build a lot for research and i still build a lot for looking at it. it's just different now i'm looking at the case and analyzing it so we have not wiped out the practice of law when that was a big part of my early practice of law and yeah it takes not even minutes like you're saying not from four hours to 0.6 it went from four hours to 15 seconds and it right. has not wiped us out so i think there's still Again, that's pretty radical technology that now we just incorporate every day and go on. I think Gene's got a good point. I mean, not to sing our own praises, but I think there is a lot of work, and I think the good attorneys will. I could see mediocre attorneys getting impacted by this, candidly, or those attorneys who don't really um, do a lot of the thinking or the trial yeah. work or just try and push paper. But I don't, even then, I think there'll still be a place for, there's so much work. Wow. Well, Gene, what
0: do you think? Uh, and I'm not sure if you've talked to uh, any judges. And anybody's welcome to jump into this question if you've had any interactions. Um, how do you, do you think? Do you think the bench? Do you think judges are going to see this as a positive or a negative? And then, to what extent does a judge have a power to either encourage use of AI or or somehow try to shut it down? I mean, we know how different judges are. I mean, look look at jury selection. Jury selection procedure is never the same. It's it's different. Every judge, every court. That's why jury selection is such a damn headache, depending on where your case is at, because there's zero consistency. Is that going to be like that with AI? Or would there be some side of gene, maybe some type of standardization? Where do you see it going?
3: Well, I think that the recent example that we've spoken about with uh, chat, uh, GPT, and the errors, Uh, have the whole nation, the lawyers and the judiciary, on high alert that this is going to be used. Do I believe, and I give great respect, we all do, to the judges and their powers, do I believe that they're going to shut down the use of AI? I don't. But as I think it was Billy or John mentioned, a judge in Texas is requiring now that the lawyers attest to whether they've used AI and have they reviewed the accuracy. So where do I think this is going? Where we've been from the beginning of lawyering, Bill, and it's this. If our name is on it, whether it's John, Billy, Gene, or any lawyer, we attest to the accuracy and the candor and the veracity of what we've written. So if we can get uh, 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 or achieve greater efficiency through AI, great. We're still accountable to the judges for what we submit to the court, and we're going to remain accountable. So here's here's high alert in my view, guys and ladies. We rely on young lawyers to do what young lawyers will, right? Less experienced folks. Not that they're not fine people. They they are. But if they take shortcuts and they rely heavily on AI and they don't do what's necessary to verify, trouble is, is brewing
1: yeah, so we've got to be
3: accountable to the judges as we always have that.
1: you know yeah. if, and if I could just jump on on that real quick because I yeah. as a as a corollary to that, and I and and you know, all of us who've done defense work and had the good fortune to work for very large companies, I think at, at one point or another have found ourselves in a situation where, uh, you know we, we have to do document production, right? We're in discovery. And our client is big and sophisticated enough to where they tell us as their lawyer, don't worry. Uh, we're going to take these requests. We'll get the documents together for you. We'll send them over to you, and and they really kind of lock you out of of that process. So you're entirely relying on your client to you know to produce responsive documents, right? And and sometimes that can go awry because for whatever reason, if the if the client screwed up uh, in pulling documents and that later is revealed to the court, it puts you in quite a quite a bad spot as as the attorney. Um, and so, if our clients are using AI. Uh, to you know whether it be a large corporate client who's pull, using AI to pull together a document production, or let's just say it's a small client who, who gives you some photographs or some video and says, "Here are the photos of the accent. How do you know that that client didn't use AI to create the photos, right? And yeah. so, so and and who's going to verify uh, that 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 the you know the document production or the photographs weren't weren't created through the use of AI? So r- really interesting question, right?
3: Hey, Billy, you hit the nail on
1: the head just by the singular example of photographs.
3: Yeah, Uh, There have been instances, and, and others may have heard of this, where the photographs are not authentic, where they have been created and, in fact, relied upon. And I think every trial lawyer going forward is going to have some degree of concern or on high alert. Are our adversaries using? Not that they're doing it intentionally. I'm not suggesting that they are, but are they using authentic, reliable, appropriate evidence? Similarly, are we? AI is going to cause problems, and I think Billy, where you're going, spot on. We're going to have headaches.
0: Well, let's. This is a perfect transition uh, into into my next topic. Now I, I recall um, there was a there was a time in which now there was no Uber, there was no Lyft. And then those are two amazing, you know, technology platforms that now we we all use, and with that came a bunch of lawsuits against Uber and Lyft for various things. Um, with new technology, you get new forms of litigation. So, uh, John, I'll throw this over to you. What I mean, does this create the so these headaches that that Gene just described? Does this create the potential for more legal malpractice claims?
2: Yeah, that's a good point. Yes. Answer. (laughs) If there's anything we're doing, someone will find a way to sue over it. Um, I will say, though, the photographs and all I've been that's been an issue for a while. Even I, my limited technology can manipulate photographs pretty easily and effectively. Right, Bill? And so I, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah,
0: yes, I, <laughs> so, I got the picture of
2: uh, me with the NC State hat yeah, on. Bill Bill was wearing <laughs> NC. I got concerned about Bill at the World Series not having a cap on, so I just gave him an NC State cap. I thought I looked better than you know. I delete protect-
0: I deleted that picture immediately, <laughs> and that shall not go on social. And media. It,
2: it's not hard. It's easy. I did that for my phone in thirty seconds. And if I can do that, then you know what these kids with technology can do. So those problems that Gene pointed out are there, and I think Billy's absolutely right we've all run into the problems of clients who have not given us uh, everything they've said. That's mm-hmm. not responsive. And then it comes out later and piecemeal. And then, you know, they file a motion to compel and they show 14 examples to the court. And it's like, you're like your honor uh, I relied on this good corporate client. You know, you can't throw your client under the bus. So you're sitting there going, rolling your eyes. I should have just put my foot down, which is easier said than done with the 800 pound gorilla client sometimes. But uh, yeah. so those problems have existed and I don't, whole point is this is this is going to solve some problems and it's going to create some new ones. it's going to close off some opportunities we've had in the past and create some new ones you're right there may be a whole bunch more litigation and we're going to hire in a bunch more lawyers going forward because of this i mean i just don't know where it's going to go um but i i think you're crazy if you put your head in the sand and pretend like it's going to go away i I think it's there yeah and, and you're right about litigation i think there are causes of action that are coming that I can't even envision. But I can't. I remember when Uber started, you brought that up. Great example. Because I thought, no way. I don't trust yeah. it. Yeah. I can't see that. I live, eat, breathe, and die Uber now. I'm like, mm-hmm. I can't even imagine otherwise. It is so transformative to our entire economy. And so so I will this be that big? I don't know. But it certainly will get incorporated in a lot more litigation and I think Gene hit the nail on the head and I think Billy's right. Those are both huge problems to see in the future. So Billy,
0: uh, Billy Davis, uh, Atlanta. um, So I guess there's two ways that AI is going to grow here. Um, Law firms themselves may decide, Hey, we want to be on the cutting edge. Let's invest into this. Let's get our people trained. And we can use that as a essentially a marketing pitch to our current uh, clients to get more files and to, potential uh, clients um, uh, in marketing, or the opposite may happen. You you, you may have clients saying, hey, we want to save on our legal costs. Uh, we're going to do this homework, and then we're going to force upon our panel counsel. you know, hey, you guys are going to have to use AI to save us money. H- how do you see that going? And, and, and is it going to maybe even be a, a combination just depending on who the client is and who the law firm is?
1: Yeah, I, I would guess that that maybe for some smaller and and I'm I'm coming at this bill from the defense side because that's yeah. the work that I do and but I would think that maybe some of the smaller firms will probably try and jump out and and, and out in front and capitalize on it, um, you know. But I think the risk there is you're you're making a gamble, right? Um, um, on you know what what is in fact going to be the go-to technology and what's going to be the best way to integrate it into your firm. I I have a feeling and i just say this from experience of working at a, at a few different law firms over the years um, that that your your larger insurance defense are going to wait for their clients uh to tell them what to do. I mean we're we're kind of used to operating under under very specific client billing guidelines and instructions um and so i i think that actually provides an in, an incentive frankly to wait and see what the client's going to ask for. Yeah,
0: that's it it it's going to be interesting to see uh what happens uh here. And also depending on it, it's uh, if it's an insurance carrier versus a versus a corporate client i could see some differences there john do you think that as ai develops and we, we're talking about all these efficiencies that it may create uh do you think that this just inherently gives the Planus bar more advantage because they're they're more efficiency based to begin with
2: um good question i don't know they do seem light years ahead of us anyway so yeah. i mean, i know i went into a deposition one time and the plant attorney was so well prepared i was impressed and he said he spent six weeks getting ready for that deposition. And I was like, wow, to have that kind of luxury. So they, yes, I can see plaintiff's attorneys trying that and having the resources to try and utilize these um, for lots of things. I mean, like Gene said, analyzing a bunch of depositions and other testimony that may have happened from defense experts and witnesses and these companies, but they share so much already. Hopefully this might actually level the playing field a little more on for the defense attorneys to go through and. Get some of those. Um, it is a great question. I'm not sure to answer your, your question there at all. That is
0: well, I, yeah, I mean, I want to talk do. to Gene about this too. I mean, we all know, I mean, listen, I, we're always very candid here on the litigation psychology podcast. The, the, the bar is highly sophisticated, they communicate really well. I just had Joe Freed on my show last week, trucking attorney, uh, right there in Billy's uh, uh, town in Atlanta. Great guy, by the way. And he said, I mean, he said on my podcast, which we're going to publish here in a couple of weeks, he said that, you know, after a corporate rep deposition gets taken, he said the rough draft of that transcript spreads across the country to plaintiff's firms and has arrived at its destination before the defense attorney pulls in his or her driveway. That that's how coordinated they are and they share information. I'm assuming... um, yeah, Gene. Uh, if the plaintiffs bar starts to get this to work for them, they're they're going to share the, the the secret sauce, the magic formula. And if the defense isn't doing, the, doesn't that create, doesn't that make the gap even even bigger?
3: Well, there's no doubt about it. They'll certainly will. And a couple of guarantees that we can make to one another is the plaintiffs are doing it. The plaintiffs are going to do it. They're not going to spare any expense, and they're going to do it to win. And unless we on the defense are one, willing to invest the money, meaning our uh, clients, the insurance companies, to be willing to effectively master this AI and how can we use it and have the appropriate professionals to assist us, uh, the plaintiffs will smoke us.
0: I I totally agree. John, I know you're very active in DRI. Um, I haven't uh, looked at many of the the kind of kind of the menu of their seminars is is dri or other groups that you know of on the defense actively making this a topic at at conferences because i must i mean that that'd be the only way to distribute this type of information amongst the defense have you heard anything like that
2: oh god yeah in fact it's so funny i must have gotten three emails this morning about ai related cles coming up oh wow i mean not only dri lots of them they're all like you said this is the hot topic and it is a real question of how it's going, what's going to happen to the future of law firms or being integrated. But I think Gene's right. This will just widen the gap, even if it helps us on some area. The plaintiffs' bar will exploit it even more, and that's part of when we were offline uh, yeah. while we were talking about that the plaintiffs' bar has just, you know, by the defense uh, insurance companies trying to cut costs so much. They've just widened the gap that much more instead of being able yeah. to have, I a, a, you know, a younger attorney um, shadow me at trial and get the bill for that time. You know, they've got to keep up with their billable hours. Yeah. It's harder for them to get it if the insurance company is going, we won't pay for two to do this or we won't pay a reduced rate for, or, we won't pay for travel. We, You know, it's, it's nickel and diming it to the point that it widens the gap more and more. I'm amazed we've kept the gap as narrow as we have. Um, and I think that's a testament to a lot of good defense attorneys who work really hard and make it keep it that way and good trial and knock on wood had good trial results. But, you know, there's I also am realistic enough to know what's out there and what could happen. I want to get back to something that Billy said that was a really good point about adapting, adopting stuff. I remember there was another friend of mine. Twenty five years ago, got remember when they uh, shifted all the law books and all the treatises to CDs. And he Mm -hmm. started subscribing to all of those. And I was like, God, that seems like a lot of work. And then like a year or two later, it was all online. And I thought, what a bunch of work effort (laughs) that was. So I'm kind of like, I agree with Jesus. I'm going to wait and see where the technology goes before I jump all in. He's giving me some interesting apps and all. I just don't want to be... You know when vhs technology came along and the fight with beta i don't want to get beta you know like <laughs> i want to make sure i'm on the vhs side of the the battle going forward
0: that that that's an incredible point because i i yeah i remember it's like you know i remember i used to have this amazing dvd collection which i just pretty much gave away and it i don't own a dvd player i can't find a dvd player you know thank you netflix right it's amazing how fast it changes and it makes you wonder, you know, if you go all in on something, how do you know in two years something better? Right. So it's a, maybe it's a buyer beware. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of competition. I, here's what I see I, I see probably a lot of competition of uh, some type of firm that builds this for guys like you, for law firms. Right and you're going to be sitting there one day probably listening to presentations saying boy which 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 vendor do we go with it'll be like a new vendor for you to to try to manage some of this stuff and uh um it's who who knows who knows what's uh, going to happen uh last question then we have i want to wrap up with something uh billy do in, in transportation i'm curious cuz i i i just wondering this um have any have any of your clients in the transportation uh um industry started you using ai uh to to help their businesses and um have you seen any of that in the transportation
1: industry to to make for example the trucking company before it be more efficient you know i i all i've seen of that bill is is really just at at really high levels and and you know the kind of stuff you might see if you're scrolling through your LinkedIn feed, right. Or, or reading yeah. the industry news um, for the folks that I work with. And especially in the context in which I work with them, right. Is I'm defending them against a, a you know lawsuit. Um, yeah. I haven't seen AI creep in on anything that I'm working on yet, but I suspect it's around the corner because just like, uh, and
0: John, uh, you know, this with your transportation clients, you know, like, for example, like dash cam technology, right. Sensor technology. Well, you know now you know you got you got a trial, and if your client doesn't have all that technology, it's certainly used against you in front of the the jury. So now it brings up you know five years from now, in any any industry, right, Gene, Any of your clients? I mean, a, a plant is going to be able to say, well, this company knew it could use AI to do X, Y, and Z. It decided not to to save money. Hey, now we're here today. Do you? I, I see this as actually, I think AI ends up being a legal argument, just like the dash cam technology or any other type of safety technology that's out there that a company may not invest in for whatever reason. If it's out there, you're not using it. Isn't that a solid plaintiff argument?
3: It's a great argument. You know, let me, Bill, comment, take it outside of the context of uh, law firms and courtrooms, put it in the context of hospitals. There are many hospitals now that are using AI When somebody arrives at the emergency room to to assess and determine probability that while they're there, they're going to have a stroke or a respiratory event or a cardiac event. This person's going to have something catastrophic within the next four hours. And if you're not using the AI, good luck to you, man. You bet. You hit the nail on the head, Bill. They're going to use it against us.
1: Gene's, and Gene's absolutely right. I mean, that's, you know, that's right. A hospital, you, you got folks hooked up to monitoring equipment. So you've got a, an ability to capture a great deal of data. Right. And yeah, and in commercial trucking, you know, the telematics on the trucks are, are, is already astonishing. And it just it gets it, yeah. like more and more every year. Right. And so, you know, think of some of the some of the emerging, you know, emerging technologies that AI could assist, for example, driver facing cameras, very contentious uh, uh, issue in the in the business. Right. But you know, there's always a question, well, who's going to monitor those cameras? Well, the answer is AI could do it. And AI could yeah. tell you which of your drivers are holding something in their hand or taking wow. their eyes off the road. And not just not just that they're taking their eyes off the road, but how often they do it, when they do it, right? I mean, in, in an enormous <laughs> amount of granular detail that I believe the plaintiff's bar will use to establish like a new standard of care, right? Wow. And, and to make yeah. the argument that the company can, uh, in the exercise of reasonable care, make all these determinations of who their risky drivers are, and they're not doing it.
0: Yeah, the the definition
1: of reasonable may
0: change very quickly with this technology. Okay, let's wrap this up with the final question. I am going to my web browser right now. College football odds right from Las Vegas to win the national championship next year. Here's the top 10 in order, starting with the best odds. We have Georgia followed by Alabama, Ohio State no hey listen no surprises there this is where it gets interesting number four michigan number five lsu number six usc number seven clemson number eight i find this astonishing i have no idea whether in their florida state nine texas ten penn state notre dame did, is number 11 did not crack tennessee 12. so the question the question the question I'm going to start with uh, 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 John uh, in Raleigh. Does the national championship this year coming up come within those kind of top five teams? Or do you think it's somebody outside of those top five? So as a reminder, it's it's Georgia, Bama, Ohio State with Michigan filling out
2: that top four. Where, Where do you see this going? Yes, I think it's Georgia. I think it's Georgia and Alabama by light years. It's not even close. Ohio State's maybe in there competitively and a couple others who can give them a good game. It's Not even close. I mean, Georgia is leaps and bounds better than most of the rest of the league, including Alabama and Alabama's leaps and bounds. I mean, it's like secretariat and then secretariat square and then everybody else. It's really gotten out of hand on uh, the disproportionate basis and with this nil money and georgia bringing in people in alabama paying a million bucks for people to come in including several hundred thousand <clears> good <throat> walk-ons it's just gotten it is such a disparity now it's not even funny and if it's if it's anybody but alabama or georgia or ohio state i'll throw them in because they're pretty good okay, if anybody okay other than them i'll be shocked and pleasantly surprised that anybody could compete <laughs> on the playing field with that
0: well, let's let's go to Atlanta, Georgia, and Billy Davis, who is who is an Auburn grant, by the way. Uh, but but he's he's surrounded by a bunch of Bulldogs in, in in Atlanta. Billy is the national champion, kind of coming from those top five. Or do you do you see an outsider sneaking in, like a TCU snuck in last year? This not able to get the job done? Yeah, that worked out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They said yeah, the Georgia just scored again. Yeah.
1: So. <laughs> well, I, I looked for a little help, Bill. I actually just asked Chat GPT to tell me, uh-huh. uh, and and it and it told me that it can't. I believe it or not I, we stumped chat GPT so wow <laughs> um I you know I well you know I'm not gonna say Alabama of course um and <laughs> no, so uh being in the great state of Georgia I'm, I'm I'm putting my money back on georgia again I think they look fantastic and uh and I hope they'll pull it out again uh two votes for Georgia uh,
0: Gene h- here you go you got a big t- well first Gene first of all h- how appalled are you that Florida State made the top 10 in Vegas well you I know think.
3: what they're talking them up like they're Alabama they haven't done they haven't done, they haven't done anything.
0: They're they haven't done crash. anything
3: in fifteen years.
0: Yeah. What's up with this Florida State stuff? I don't understand.
3: You know, I, I don't get it. I think they're looking at Florida State. They've got a, they've got an experienced quarterback. He uh, did come back. He a, did come back to school. Yeah, and they've got a really, really good running back. I don't know enough about him, but I'll tell you what. Listening to John and Billy, who are great trial lawyers, these guys know their college football <laughs> analysis. But I'm going to give you a dark horse. Oh, You're oh, going to like it, Bill. I I agree that look it's Alabama and Georgia's world, and I also agree, uh, nil and you know the Jimmys and Joes over the X's and O's, yeah. right? And Alabama and Georgia have them. I'm going to give you a dark horse.
2: Oh boy, here we court.
3: go. Their quarterback uh, is a young man. I think his name is Drake May. And, there we and go. coach <laughs> is a <laughs> proven winner. So oh, I'm going that, to
2: uh,
3: yes. give you guys the a, University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill Tar Heels. Yeah.
2: There's a proof back in the 1920s when he won lots of games. Remember that? Okay, book? so you so now now
0: John is uh, appalled i'm shocked i
2: avoided saying oh nc state because i know better. Gina, i'm
0: not sure if you whatever medication you're taking i'm not sure if you <laughs> i got one to too many, the many pills, pills before you the know podcast. if you really believe
2: that that may be one to go to vegas and put some or, money on or, or, right now or, the odds of them winning the national championship or, 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 or or yeah or, or, or maybe, maybe you know, maybe you you know maybe i'm dead, dead Bell Bell a little excited
3: there i do know this though mac brown can coach a football team right guys
2: I, and they got so these sure. kids i would have agreed with you back in the 80s i don't in the 90s i don't know about now but
3: yeah, maybe you're right yeah, on that. He well. made
2: some decisions those last couple of years that I go, hmm, because he had some talent on that team the last couple of years. This year, he's got a hell of a quarterback. I'll give you that. I guess a good guy. Well, a lot he of changeover in of coaching staff.
0: A lot of changeover in coaching staff. And I do have that my – Really helps when your
2: players don't have to go to class, you know. Really uh, so here we,
0: here we go. Here we go. Boy, <laughs> I'm glad this might my... Glad this pot and black glass podcast is over. Well, I want to thank each of you. And I think this is the first of probably um many podcasts I will have on this topic because things are gonna keep changing. Um, but I thought this is excellent. Um, guys, thank you so much for um for being on the show. Uh I, I, I can't wait to keep talking uh with you uh about these topics. And as things change, you know, here in the podcast we try to disseminate information and uh um um this is one of the, is a fascinating topic that's not going away anytime soon so um guys thank you so much uh, for being on the show and to our listeners thank you for participating in this edition of the litigation psychology podcast we'll see you next time